I don't know where I was when they were handing out those 3x5 cards, but I certainly didn't get one. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. Last night, I had the most wonderful evening. My childhood best friend came over for dessert and coffee, and we sat in our screened-in porch and talked and cried and talked and laughed for hours. It's amazing how time erases itself when you're with a friend like that. We hadn't seen each other since my mom had passed away, and it was really wonderful to reminisce with someone who knew her when. We talked about the weeks leading up to her death and about all the stresses that were involved in that time. But as the evening wore on, we talked about many other things also, including what life was like when we were raising our kids. My kids are all grown now, so are hers. And my kids are having kids. And I've talked with my kids who've had kids about some of these things. When we were raising kids, this is going to be like back in the day, this is that podcast, back in the day. But when we were raising kids, we had like two things to read. We could read stuff by Dr. T. Barry Brazelton, I remember him, and the book by Dr. Benjamin Spock, not to be confused with the Vulcan science officer of the USS Enterprise, who's called Mr. Spock, not to be confused with him. Dr. Benjamin Spock was a pediatrician, and he wrote a book on child raising, and his book was called The Common Sense Book, of baby and child care. Now, before you all freak out and call and tell me about the weird Freudian influences or strange ideas that you felt Dr. Spock had, and some of that is absolutely <laughs> accurate, my point in my story is that's all I got. That's all I had to read, this little paperback Dr. Spock book. So when I picked it up after my twins were born and read that a mother of multiples should really seek outside help if possible, and I knew that both sets of my grandparents, of their grandparents, my parents and Kenny's parents, lived seven hours driving away, one to the northwest and one due east. I decided I was in trouble and I didn't know that Dr. Spock was all that encouraging. There were things I did learn, however, and learned things about baby scheduling and eating and feeding and stuff. But what I'm saying is we didn't have the internet. We didn't know about sleep regressions or why our kids were doing what they were doing. We just observed them brought them to doctor's appointments, fed them, and in my case, eventually then brought them to school. Please keep in mind, I am in no way saying it was so much better than when we didn't know much. Learning about infant behavior is overrated. I'm not saying that at all. I love hearing from my daughters-in-law and daughter about these sorts of things now. I'm just saying that I didn't know them, and I am saying it is by the grace of God that my kids even made it to kindergarten. I remember sitting at the kindergarten table on small chairs filling out forms at the kindergarten open house. 
The open house was the night when parents came and they got to learn about what our kids were going to be learning in kindergarten. I mean, we knew this stuff already, but they just told us, now we'll teach you to read. Do you know your colors? They were just telling us what our kids were going to be learning in kindergarten. We saw the rugs with letters and cubbies with their names on them and met the other parents. And that would be helpful. So when our kids were in kindergarten, we could understand the room and just kind of help talk our kids through their days and things like that. We were given folders and we all sat down on these small chairs and were asked to write down all kinds of emergency contact information, allergy stuff. And also we were required at this moment to fill in our kids' vaccination dates. Now, when our twins, Kenny and Danny were young and my husband was in school, we didn't have the best insurance. We had what we could afford. And let me just say, we weren't buying brand name soda, so you can imagine how great our health insurance was. Because of that, when it was around the time for a new vaccination, and if we happened to be traveling to Minnesota or meeting my parents somewhere else, I would often ask my dad, who's a doctor, so family doctor, so don't panic, I would ask my dad to bring vaccines with him if he could. I remember most clearly going to my Uncle Howie and Aunt Jan's house for a family reunion of sorts that was centered around my grandma's birthday. I can't remember exactly how old the boys were, but I do remember going to one of the back bedrooms with Kenny and our boys and my dad who had vaccines in a cooler (laughs) and set up all ready for the baby check. This was efficient. It was efficient in both time and cost for us. However, it was less handy when it came to fill out the vaccination records. Because while our kids did receive the ones they needed at the proper times, I didn't keep close track. And we didn't have one medical history report. So when I looked down and saw all these blanks with initials asking me about MMR and different things, I thought I realized again, one more time, that I had fallen short as a mother. I am well aware right now that I am causing great angst to all mothers everywhere. If you're an anti-vaxxer, you're appalled that I even gave them to my kids in the first place, much less in such a seemingly haphazard way. If you're a pro-vaxxer, you're appalled that I did not keep better records and that I gave them to my kids in a seemingly haphazard way. I own that. I'm admitting that. So if you want to message me your feelings, please feel free that no matter what side of the fence you're on, I will be able to respond. I know, right? How terrible. But that's not the worst of it. Back to the kindergarten table and the little chairs and the forms to be filled out with all the letters and and blanks for dates. I, at that moment, realized that all these other mothers were taking out little three-by-five cards from their purses, setting them down next to their paper, and utilizing them for such a time as this. I envied them. I thought, I'm going to remember this when it's time to register Greta. But right now it was too late for me to be organized. So I did what any panicky mom would do. I stopped and I thought, well, there's a small window for when we were supposed to get these vaccinations done back in the late 80s and 90s. And and I knew I got them done. That's what they need to know at this school. I filled in the one I remembered from the family reunion because I knew my grandma's birthday and the party was a few weeks after that. Okay, that was one day and more to go. And then I did something I am also not proud of. I looked over at the organized mom to my right and thought, well, our kids are roughly the same age, so 
I assume that our dates are going to be roughly the same as well, so I'll just copy hers and tweak it a bit. And I did. Can you even believe it? Oh my goodness, I'm so ashamed. I was not a cheater as a kid. In fact, I used to guard my paper like Fort Knox so others wouldn't copy off of mine. Do you ever wonder why they say guard it like Fort Knox? I actually do wonder that. I had to pause. What is Fort Knox? Where is it? Why is it so heavily guarded? Why do people say that? Briefly, Fort Knox holds literally tons of gold. It's a bullion depository. <laughs> also, bullion is B-U-L-L-I-O-N. It's gold or silver in the form of bars, like bars, like bars of gold. Not to be confused with bullion, which is a tiny little cube of evaporated seasoned meat extract you use as flavoring in soups and stuff. They probably named it bullion. I wonder if it's because it's a cube. It looks like a little gold cube. But I don't know that. This is, I'm so, I am so far off track right now. <laughs> bullion cubes goes back then to bullion, which is gold bars, which is, there's a bullion depository, which is a vault. It's fortified. It's next to the uh, U.S. Army post in Fort Knox, Kentucky. So they called it guard it like Fort Knox. It's operated by the U.S. Department of Treasury. And I looked up because I'm curious. It currently houses 147.3 million ounces of gold with a book value of 6.22 billion. Billion not to be confused with bullion, not to be confused with bullion. Most of the gold in the vault is in the form of these 27-pound bars. 27-pound gold bars. The rest is in coins. So yeah, I used to guard my papers like that. Apparently, the mom next to me sitting at the little kindergarten desk never did because she was not thinking to guard her papers that day. She was like so careless with them. Also, she probably wasn't thinking some irresponsible mom is going to need to copy off of her paper for her own children's immunization record. I mean, I didn't need all of them. Like I said, I filled out the one around my grandma's birthday and I figured out the first ones, whether it was the two-week or six-week. I can't remember that one either right now, but I promise I did remember it then. So there was just a few blanks that I needed to steal from her. I did record the rest of my kids, though. I lived and learned. Although I had one snafu with Greta, too. On her first day of kindergarten, she climbed into the back seat next to Timothy in his car seat, and I hopped in to drive. Kenny had taken the boys to school earlier, where we were all going to meet for kickoff day. The twins were in second grade, so they could walk into their classrooms on their own and get settled, but kindergartners needed to be brought by their parents. And if they were full day Tuesdays, Thursdays, every other Friday, they stayed that day. If they were full days Monday, Wednesday, every other Friday, they just went to the opening exercises that day, then they'd walk to their classroom for about 15 minutes and then went home. Greta was in that latter category, which was a good thing. Because as she hopped into the back seat of the car and buckled in next to her brother, and as she waited for me to get into the driver's seat, and as she waited for me to start the car and begin driving, when the timing was just right, according to her five-year-old mind, she spoke up from the back seat. Mom, you were wrong. Which, knowing me, as you can imagine, this is not a newsflash. It's more of a, oh, let's call the information to see exactly why I was this time. I looked back at her and said, what? She said, you were wrong. I can go to kindergarten and not get that shot. 
And then I remembered she was scheduled for her final appointment in like July, but had been so sick, we were unable to do it. So the doctor at the appointment desk, they gave me the option to reschedule on the spot, but I didn't feel like it then. And I'm like, it's not like I'm going to forget. <laughs> I told him I'd call later when she's feeling better. And then I did. I forgot all about it until that day. So I replied, well, you're not staying the whole day today, honey. You're there just for the morning. And this afternoon, you're getting your shot. So there's that. And from the school office, I called the doctor's office, and we went and did get in right after lunch. So she was able to go to school the next day. Which, all of this story might be leading you to ask, wait, what about fruit snacks? Wasn't the title of this thing called Vaccinations and Fruit Snacks? It is. It was. But I realized I had so many failings with the vaccination that this is going a little bit long. So you'll just have to wait for that, and I will take up my nutritional failings in part two of vaccinations and fruit snacks. Right now, I want us to stop and think, what on earth lesson is there to be learned from this? Besides the obvious about keeping better records and not copying off of other people's papers and remembering things that are important and stuff like that, there is a lesson here. And honestly, it was one that I held on to over and over again. It's a lesson found in Isaiah chapter 40, and it's a lesson found in the character of God. Isaiah 40 verse 11 says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. This verse was impressed upon me shortly after our daughter Greta was born, and it was one I referenced back to again and again and again. Here's the deal. Listen. As moms, as friends, as employees, as employers, as aunts and uncles and neighbors and whatever, we all want to do our best. We want to be our best. We want to be kind. We want to remember important dates in others' lives. We want to be present. We want to be available. We want to be competent. And we are all going to fail at it sometime. We will fail at something sometime. It might not be all the time. It might not be about the super important things, but it might. You will fail. You will fall short. You will not measure up to the standard you think you should. You may not measure up to the standard you think others are reaching. But while you are failing, can I say, you are held. God, our Father, our loving shepherd, this verse says, tends his flock like a shepherd. God tends his flock like a shepherd. We've talked about shepherds before. It is the shepherd's job to protect and provide for his sheep. We learn in this verse and in others that God, our Father, is like a shepherd. He's like, according to this, a loving shepherd that tends to us. He cares for us. He will be sure we have what we need. And he will be sure that we will know what it is that we need. He will lead us to what we need and steer us away from what we don't. This verse also says that God, our Father, our loving shepherd, gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He finds them. He gathers them. He carries them. I would often picture myself with my kids gathered all together in the arms of God. It felt safe. It felt secure. It felt right. 
And finally, from this verse, we see that God, our Father, our loving shepherd, gently leads those that have young. Do you hear that? In God's flock of sheep, there are those that have young, and God oversees them too and gently cares for them. He is gentle with me. While I might be harsh with myself, oh my gosh, Kirsten, how could you be so stupid, 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 stupid? Why don't you have dates on the three by five card like every single other mother sitting around this table? Ugh! But why? Why would I be harsh when my shepherd is gentle? I can trust him to lead me. And I can be okay when I fail. I need leading. I need guidance. I need direction. And I'm so grateful that I can follow the one who can give it to me perfectly. I trust that you too want to follow his direction as well. And I want to give you permission to be gentle with yourself when you fail as he is gentle with you. Not as an excuse or license for poor behavior, of course not. But mistakes happen. We're not perfect. We fall short. And when we do, Let's lean in closer to those loving arms that are holding us close and let's allow him to carry us close to his heart.